Fuck, that's not the theme song. Welcome back to Domit's Dawn. I'm Luke, he, him, sometimes they, them, and I'm joined by my stalwart cohort. Stalwart co-host. Seeing if Zencaster can do a good job editing this together is going to be a fascinating experiment. Uh, Hello, co-host. Hello, I am co-host Janine Juliet. Uh, My pronouns are she, they, and I am also really excited because that means that any little mistake we make right now is a mistake you're going to have to correct, like, right after. Well, I don't even know how Zencast would edit for mistakes or what it particularly looks for. Joining us in our experiment for lucky number episode 13 is Chris. Hey, everybody. I'm Chris. Uh, Pronouns are he, him. And true story, I just knocked Dr. Doom on his ass. Congratulations. Was he into it? Not really, although his head did end up really close to Gwenpool. He is much older than that teen girl, so keep them apart. No, but it's the hilarity that's going to make it fun. I suppose. They're going to cause a ruckus. So, Chris, you are sort of a podcasting machine, and this is coming from another podcasting machine, but you are a much more successful podcasting machine than I am. Uh, What are some of the things that you do? Well, my main show is called Play Comics, where I grab a guest, metaphorically, with their consent, and we talk about video games based on a comic property and how well that game represents the source material, whether the comic is well-known or not. And it's funny that Luke says that I am much more successful because my most downloaded episode was Luke talking about Dragon Ball Z for about three hours before I was able to get a word in. You asked me to summarize Dragon Ball Z. I I did. You cut it down way more than I thought you'd be able to. Mm hmm. And I have also recently joined up with another wonderful show called Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., where we go through and watch almost everything that Marvel is putting out and talk about it because it's fun. I'm glad you're having fun with that. So here is a question that we have. We like to have a question posed tying to things that our guests do. Uh, which member of the Straw Hat Pirates would you love to have to explain uh, a comic adaptation video game on your show? See, I feel like Luffy would be really into it mm-hmm. and would kind of take that Luke role. But Nami, I think, would have no idea what's going on. And that would be a completely different kind of fun that I would also love. I feel like Luffy would have a lot of energy, but no focus for it. Nami, I think, wouldn't be interested in the premise itself. 
Janine, do you have anything to add in here? Usopp. Yeah, Usopp would kind of be like the best he could find, I think. In that he would actually like listen to and comment on what's actually happening inside of the story. Um, maybe, you know, maybe there's some story ideas there too, you know? I I would be interested in alternate universe Usopp as a streamer. Um, but I am also realizing that I am about we are almost five minutes into the show and have not explained what the premise of this show is. Uh, the premise of the show is that we discuss One Piece, usually bringing on guests with no former experience with One Piece to watch an arc or the beginning of an arc. And then we are going to uh, see what Simpsons episodes came out around the same time. And then we are going to pair all of the new named One Piece characters with Simpsons characters. Uh, that is the name of the game that we got here. This game that is called Domance Dawn. And ahoy, welcome to Domance Dawn. So, Chris, what is your background experience with The Simpsons and also One Piece? Growing up, I had on and off again watched The Simpsons normally it was just because of other things we had going on that made me not watch it but it was always something i enjoyed when i watched it in college we got my girlfriend at the time now wife to go see the movie with us mm -hmm. and i still have no idea how we convinced her to do that and at some point i just decided i was going to start watching it on disney and i would stop when i stopped having fun watching it and kaylee came home and now, like 19 seasons later, she is still watching it with me. Nice. And as far as One Piece goes, I know it exists. Ha ha ha! Well, I am glad that you had fun watching The Simpsons. I know that is sometimes a difficult thing to do. We, uh, Abby and I, my fiance, had been watching through and we did like seasons 30 31 32 and then we started going back and like 29 is mixed but then the further you go back it just gets very mean just like angry at nothing in particular but also everything at the same time yeah we haven't gotten far enough to hit those episodes yet well, luckily you have hidden the sweet spot of characters who we can bring in and discuss on this show, which is a good thing because start of the arcs normally are going to drop a bunch of characters. This is no exception. And this week we are going to be discussing episodes 78 through 84 of One Piece that initially ran through August 26th through October 21st, 2001. Yes, that's right. We have passed the beginning of the War on Terror, which is wild to think about. It is. I was thinking about trying to make a joke that entire time, but I was like, though, I got to be careful here. I'm I don't want to fuck that one up, man. Mm -hmm. We don't want to have to shelf this episode for like five or six years when the next tragedy strikes. Homer yep. Simpson vs. New York City got shelved uh, from, like, reruns and syndication for, like, five or six years after 
America. 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 But uh, because this was the uh, late summer to early fall, we don't have any contemporary Simpsons episodes at this time. Uh, episodes 78 through 84 of The Simpsons, though, included The Front, Whacking Day, Marge and Chains, Krusty Gets Cancelled, Homer's Barbershop Quartet, Cape Fear, and Homer Goes to College. And, like, those are still, like, some classic ones. And weirdly, I think these One Piece episodes are ones that people similarly think of as, like, their prime One Piece, but it's also, like, ones that you don't have to watch too many episodes I was about to say you don't have to watch too many episodes in to get here, but we are 78 to 84 episodes in to the series at this point. It's it's a ways in, yeah. Yeah, but it goes by fast. So the episodes that we are covering this week are Nami is Sick, Beyond the Snow That Falls on the Ocean, Ambush, The Blyking and Wapole the Bill, the Blick, the Bly King? I'll get into that later. A Doctorless Island. Adventure in the country without a name. Are you happy? The Doctor who is called a witch. Dalton's Resolve. Wapples forces the forces land. Wait, seriously though, like is it like like Bly Bly King or Bly Like a Blysexual or something? Ha ha ha! I don't understand it. Like, I know that, like, it comes up, like, said somewhere, but, like, I don't think it... Uh, the Viking is the name of Wapple's ship. Uh, Chris, you had, uh, the next one? Island that lives in snow. Ascend the Drum Rockies. The Blue-Nosed Reindeer. Chopper's Secret. So, yeah, we we got distracted immediately. So, Blake is or Blick is a pun of the Dutch term for tin-plated. And so it's supposed to be, like, the tin-plated king. But it also kind of looks like Viking. And in the Funimation dub, they just uh, translate it as the tin tyrant. All right. that That's... Information. I think that's, like... Yeah, definitely. There's different things you could be able to just try to pull off in order to make a multilingual pun. And then there's just... Yeah. Like, all of uh, Zoro's moves are puns on types of sushi. Amazing. Like, his... How did I miss that? The common move that he uses is called Onigiri which is both Demon Blade, but also Onigiri is a rice ball. Oh my god, I hate that so much. <laughs> oh, wow. There's a lot of things that were thought way too much about inside of this freaking manga. Yeah. They were thought the perfect amount. You also miss so many things not getting, like, the letters segments, which are sometimes very, very hit and miss. But, uh, 
like people will call him out on things or that's where people start giving uh canonical birthdays for characters and uh how did you feel about these episodes chris as your introduction to one piece so with the first episode it was a lot of what the heck is going on who are all these people Mm -hmm. but once i got past all of that then i seemed to pick it up well enough and I, I was telling one of my friends earlier while I was watching the episodes, damn it, I'm going to have to go back and start watching this from the beginning now and then keep watching after I get past this part because I'm really enjoying it. That's that's how it happens. And yeah, uh, I, I think I said in the last episode or maybe I just joked with Janine that like the first five minutes of the next episode are literally finishing up the last arc. Because we see the crew continuing to sail from Little Garden, and we see how Dory and Broggy's fight got started, where they just ended up arguing over which Sea King that they had killed was bigger, but they forgot it. And we also get a brief appearance of Mr. Two Bon Clay, who is sent by Crocodile to go and kill Mr. Three. But we don't get a full-on view of Mr. Two until this arc is over. And how how I, I want to ask really quick, yes. Chris, if, 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 I, if I could, um, how was it watching just like background information uh, really quick at the start of an episode for an episode you have no context for at all? Like, how wild is that? I was trying to figure out why they were out there catching Pokemon. Because it's a Sea King. Yeah, ah, definitely. Ah. Ah, yeah, I get that now. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, it was fine. In the manga, they call them Neptunians, which is something that rereading the manga has had me. Like, yeah, Sea King makes so much more sense up until a certain point. But also Neptunia is, is such like an evocative word, but yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Nami comes down with a fever. The crew needs a doctor, but they can't have one. And I love that we just see that, oh, Nami's the only, like, fully competent person on the crew. And they are kind of screwed without her. And so Princess Phoebe, who they're taking back to Alabasta, decides the quickest way is getting their navigator healthy. And so they go to try and find a doctor for her. Instead, they find Chess, a strange-looking man standing in the water, which turns out to be he is standing on a submerged, massive submarine ship belonging to the Waffle Pirates, who is controlled by Waffle, who has the power to eat anything, and who is seeking the way to Drum Kingdom. He eats part of the ship, Luffy blasts him off the ship, and his crew has to go and rescue him because he has devil fruit powers, which means he would sink in the water. Uh, Smoker, meanwhile, the Navy commander, uh, hears the conversation between Mr. Three and Mr. Zero, who they believe is connected to Mr. Eleven, who they have captured, and so they head off to Alabasta. The next day, the Straw Hats find their way to a new winter island with freezing weather, but when the crew comes into dock, they are surrounded by islanders led by Dalton, who do not trust pirates. Vivi is able to help navigate the situation. And Dalton ends up 
trusting them enough to get them to the village and warns that their only doctor is a witch and their island currently has no name. Zoro, meanwhile, stayed behind on the ship with Karu and then decides to jump into the ice water and Karu gets worried and follows after him because Zoro just makes horrible decisions, which is why uh, his feet are literally stitched onto his legs. Continuity. So at the town of Bighorn, Dalton uh, lets the guards leave and everyone in the town seems to respect him. And he explains that the only doctor lives at the top of the Drum Rockies in a castle belonging to the former king. And uh, she basically wanders around whenever she wants, looking for patients and taking whatever she wants for payment, and also has a mysterious flying sleigh pulled by a strange monster. Luffy decides to carry Nami, and Sanji decides to come along for protection despite the dangers. And so they head up. Dalton tries to warn them about Lappins, who are giant carnivorous rabbits, but they ignore him. And meanwhile, Usopp, Vivi, and Dalton stay in the town to just chill and wait. Dalton explains that his country was destroyed by the five pirates led by Blackbeard, and their king, Waffle, fled with all the doctors in the country and the government officials from Drum Kingdom instead of trying to fight, which is why the country is in the state that it is in now. Unfortunately, Waffle finds his way back to the island. Luffy and Sanji get into a fight with Lopins, and while they try and work to avoid getting into too much of a fight, uh, because Luffy is told not to uh, get Nami uh, more injured, Sanji has to pretty much work on doing all the defensive work. So Usopp, Vivi, and Dalton... Uh, here that Dr. Kareha is already in a nearby village that the other people had already passed. Uh, we see a brief moment where she forcibly treats a sick child, ends up claiming ownership of the building and, like, most of their supplies. But, like, the kid is happy and everyone's kind of like, well, I, I guess that kind of makes up for everything. Uh, so, back... Heading up the mountain, the Lopins work to cause an avalanche, and Dalton, uh, still explaining things, says that he was former captain of security and got angry when uh, Waffle decided that he was going to banish all of the other doctors except for the 20 of them that he would personally have control over, because this arc is all about healthcare. Healthcare is a human right, everybody. No arguments there. Yeah. Uh, so Zoro ends up stumbling out in snow and runs across Dr. Kareha and Chopper, her weird reindeer, but he's basically rude, and so they leave him in the snow. Uh, Waffle Ship reaches the port, and he finds the Straw Hat Ship and sets all of his uh, soldiers to go into Bighorn to take that over. Meanwhile, Dalton and that team miss Dr. Kareha again, find out that Waffle is back, so they head back to the town, and we see that Dalton has the power to transform into a bison man. Vivi and Usopp, meanwhile, uh, try and find the next village that Dr. Kareha were headed to, but they end up missing the sign. So Wapple arrives in Bighorn, starts eating the town. Dalton shows up to fight him, but uh, Wapple is both immediately fixed by the doctors, and Dalton refuses to let any of the citizens get hurt. 
And so he basically gets the shit kicked out of him when he tries to protect the villagers. Uh, the avalanche kicks off, so Luffy and the company have to fend off the Lopins as they slide down, which is, you know, just a fun ski snowboarding scene. And Sanji ultimately sacrifices himself to stop the Lopins, and Luffy loses him in the snow. Uh, because the avalanche hit, Wapul abandons the town, including the doctors. Uh, and when he gets out, he believes that the Straw Hats caused the avalanche specifically to spite him. Luffy digs out Sanji, helps to rescue a Lopin whose parent got stuck in the snow. And so when Wapul and the rest of his crew chase after him, Luffy ignores him. And so Wapul sends his uh, defender's chess and Kuromarimo to attack him, and the Lopins move in to defend Luffy in return for helping him, and Luffy begins scaling the Drum Rockies, so Wapo ultimately defeats the Lopin. Uh, Vivi wakes up Usopp, they find Zoro, who is freezing because he dove into ice-cold water, and when they return to Bighorn, where the soldiers are now threatening the villagers who want to save Dalton, who is stuck in the avalanche, Zoro comes in, steals a coat from one of the soldiers, and then disarms all of them, and then knocks them all out. Which is great, because then they can free Dalton. And Luffy, despite freezing temperatures and a lack of a coat because he lost it in the fight, makes it to the top of the mountain where he falls unconscious and is brought in by Chopper, the blue-nosed reindeer, who sets them all up for treatment. Nami wakes up and sees Chopper, who tries to hide, and she finds out that he can talk, and he runs off. Dr. Kureha gives a bit of a rundown. Luffy and Sanji are passed out, and Nami caught a bacterial infection from Little Garden that would have killed her if she hadn't gotten help, and she wants Nami to stay for three whole days, which Nami is not up for. Luffy and Sanji wake up, see Chopper, decide to eat him, but they get distracted by Nami, and... Nami finds out that Chopper got his power from the human-human fruit, which is kind of a fascinating thing to exist in the world. Uh, Dr. Kreha also explains that she taught Chopper all about medicine. Uh, Luffy invites Dr. Kreha to join the crew, but she refuses, and then they get distracted by Chopper, where Luffy and Sanji chase Chopper, and then Dr. Kreha starts chasing them. Nami also invites Chopper to join the crew, but he turns her down because he thinks that he is a freak. And Dr. Kureha explains that he has been an outcast his entire life, especially after eating the devil fruit and has never found a way to fit in with people. The castle is freezing because the doors are open, and when Luffy goes to close one, he is stopped by Chopper because there is a bird's nest on top of it, and that's when Luffy and Sanji realize that Chopper can talk. They call him a monster which Chopper hears, but then Chopper misses out on the part where, oh, Luffy thinks that monsters are awesome and wants them on the team and wants to be friends. And that is kind of where we are left uh, for this arc. That is, that felt like a lot more of an energetic read summary than I normally do. Yeah, I appreciated that. That that was some <laughs> speed running, I guess. YOLO. Yeah, so, like, any thoughts or commentary on the episode? The bunny bears. The loppins. I love them completely. Mm-hmm. 
they had a weird small little side storyline that kind of got them into a huge gang war with a king. That's cool. Um, also, I wasn't... Uh, I mean, like, I'm never expecting anything from watching these shows, but... Um, Just the, the variety of character designs just in this set of episodes was um, pr pretty, it's like, after the first season, it's just like, getting into this one, what's the weirdest kind of things that they can be able to do on, on a character and give them a name? And that's... One Piece, one piece just goes for it. I was fully convinced that that hiking bear was going to be the doctor. <laughs> oh, hiking bear. Yeah, hiking bear is just part of a species of bears that hikes. The The weird thing is, uh, four kids did a dub of it infamously, and their explanation for hiking bear was he ate a guy and then he decided to hike the same way that that guy used to hike. And it's like... That's infinitely more horrifying than, no, there's just a race of bears that hike and you just have to be respectful to them. I don't really think that either implication is like really very comforting. <laughs> hey, as long as you bow to the bear, you're fine. Yeah, don't dab on the hiking bear. Uh, but yeah, like, it's, it is a, like, excellent bunch of episodes. You also get hints for some stuff that is coming up. And, uh, like, I remember the first time that I was doing my, like, read-through of the manga, and it's like, wait, this is the first place that they mentioned Blackbeard. Wild! Because, uh, you know, you can't do a pirate show without having a Blackbeard in it. Oh, I guess you can't. Mm -hmm. So this week we have 13 characters to match, which is appropriate for episode 13. And uh, we are specifically holding off on one character who's introduced here because we don't even see their face. So uh, up, uh, up first we have Yuki, who is the girl who starts off Dory and Bragi's fight uh, incredibly minor in as much as you don't necessarily need a reason for them to fight. Uh, for her, I had Becky Shorter, who is just one of the, like, background Simpsons student characters. Uh, Janine, who did you have? I had, um, uh, Sophie Jensen, also another background Simpsons character. I did not think that she had very much importance. Yeah. Uh, Chris, who did you have for Yuki? I was thinking Cletus's daughter, Mary, because that at least causes a reason for some fighting. Uh, let's see if Mary Spuckler actually existed at this point in Simpsons canon. 
She did not. I am sorry about that, Chris. Then random background student it is. Well, we have to figure out, is she a Becky or is she a Sophie? So, yeah, I, I set these up uh, a few weeks ago, uh, so I don't quite remember uh, which is which. So Simpsons Wiki, uh, oh yeah, Becky is blonde and just has hair and first appeared in uh, Homer's Odyssey. Sophie Jensen, meanwhile, oh, brown hair, pigtails. Uh, I'm going to go with Sophie Jensen. All right, that's Sophie Jensen it up. All right. Uh, up next, we have Akumai, who is one of Mr. Two Bon Clay's uh, henchmen. Gets a recurring role. I think he even gets a line or two uh, later on. Uh, I had him as Mr. Starbeam, who was Dolph's bisexual dad. Which, good on Dolph's dad for eventually becoming canonically bisexual, I guess. Uh, Janine, who did you have? I had Luigi Risotto. The uh, the Italian chef. Mm -hmm. oh. The the hair just really did it for me. Similarities there. The very wingy hair. Yes. And Chris, who were you thinking of? I was trying to decide which of the background mobsters would be a better fit, and I never quite was able to decide which one. Mm -hmm. Like between a uh, shit, my mind is just going to the Futurama mobster <laughs> robots. Uh, yeah, no, we've had the uh, mobsters come up a few times before. Uh, so if you have more than one name to suggest, that is perfectly fine. Or if you like any of the names that we had mm -hmm. mentioned before as well. See, the problem is you both pick such wonderfully good options. So, uh, my my reason for picking Mr. Starbeam is because his hair is very, uh, like, wing-like, because he does have that, the dolph hair. Also, he, he rolls with Mr. Two Bon Clay's crew, which is very queer. So a bisexual dad pirate, I, I I feel like that fits more than necessarily Luigi. Hmm. I think I can give you that. I'll take it. Yeah, I'm good with that one as well. All right. Janine, who are you going with, with for Waffle? Why, quite simply, Mayor Quimby. Interesting, interesting. Uh, because he is a corrupt leader and also large. Not only that, but a coward that would leave um, his people in time of stress. That is very quimbying. Uh, Chris, do you have anyone for Waffle? 
See, that's actually who I was thinking as well. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. the exact same reasons. All right. So, Janine, you know that I have said that I had like a few that have been like long shot call outs. Mayor Quimby is a very good pitch that my mind didn't put together. May I offer you King Solomon Homer Simpson? King Solomon Homer Simpson, who famously, when asked between Lenny and Carl who should get the pie, decides to divide it in half, eat both halves, and then kill both Lenny and Carl. That's tough. Mm hmm. That's real tough. Because that also goes with my chess and curl Marimo. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Then let's hold off on this one and hear um, that so we can be able to get the whole package deal All right. in on it. Uh, so my chess picks are either classic Lenny or Lenny from Simpsons Bible Stories. And my Kuro Marimo are both either Carl or Carl from Simpsons Bible Stories, which would create the trifecta of King Solomon, Lenny, and Carl from that. Because, I mean, Lenny and Carl, you rarely get such a powerful and iconic biracial friend group. You also get your Homer there. Like, it's a it's a trippage. You need all three pieces to make it work. Ah. Well, uh, to to give an alternative universe, allow me to, to to tell you the picks that I had for Chess and Kuro Marimo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had for Chess, I had Surly from Duffland. Yeah, Surly Duff. Yes, and for Kuro Marimo, I actually had Disco Stew. For similar sleaziness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, who do you have for Chess and Kuro Marimo? Well, for Chess, I am thinking Homer the Thief, just because for some reason it seems to sit right with me. That is a completely valid reason. And how about Kuro Marimo? For Kuro Mario, for Kuro Mario, that one's a little tougher for me. Mm-hmm. See, the big question for me is, had we gotten far enough to see Disco Stew pre-Disco for that five seconds yet? No, uh, this is still like Disco Stew hasn't been explored more. Like I think you're you're thinking pretty far off where they like start making jokes about the disco stew extended family. Like I think his mom is a uh, public domain Lorraine or something. Maybe. We're not here for Simpsons continuity. Have we used Herman Herman 
the one-armed pawn shop guy yet? Uh, we we have not. Herman has come up several times, but uh, has not made it to the floor. So uh, I'm going to reiterate my point of King Solomon, Homer, Linny, and Carl, particularly Bible stories, because then you've got, they're part of this kingdom, they're part of this organized group. Because Discus to Uterville. Uh I know. You know, the thing about you taking that is that you're in order to get the package deal i have to give you three we're keeping score mm. <laughs> we're tied right now and that would put me at a bit of a disadvantage as you would see oh yeah but this is the one that i have the strongest feeling about and i i have a feeling there are going to be some that you have tough arguments for. So, I mean... I, I will. I mean, like, yeah. the, the... When we get to Dalton, I'll definitely rail you with Dalton, but, um... <laughs> Christ, Janine! Yeah. Though, alright. I'll concede these three so you can be able to have your Bible Pals super friend group. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we then have Mr. Eleven, one of the two One Piece characters I canonically share a birthday with. Uh, Chris, who did you have for Mr. Eleven? For Mr. Eleven, I was looking at him as sitting there. I wanted to know what was up with him because I knew that there was something. Mm -hmm. And so I instantly jumped over to the sea captain Horatio McAllister but where I got caught up is trying to see if there was another version of the character instead of just the base version ah so you fell for the siren song of the sea captain which has also come up several times before but there has yet to be someone to land him Janine, who did you have for Mr. Eleven? I had uh, Rich Texan. Because uh, the hat? Uh, basically the hat, but, you know, also the... Um, while Rich Texan isn't, like, overtly inside of crime, it's it's pretty known that Rich, uh, that Rich Texan does shady stuff, mm -hmm. so... Being a part of like a group like that, that just seemed plausible. I I think that's fair. I, I will also point out Mr. One's one one star importance rating. Uh are you ready to hear my wild pick? And also my only pick that I had for him. Sure. Bono. I'm not gonna give you Bono. <laughs> <laughs> because you have strong Bono opinions. 
bottom like I feel like that's even like a character that like another character in One Piece later on could be based off of. Surprisingly, no. Uh, I think Ichiro Oda has good taste in music. Actually, that is a weird thing to say because he does get Avril Lavigne to cover one of her husband's songs for one of the movies. Wow. Now, yeah. is that an Avril Lavigne dig? Uh, yeah, Avril Lavigne covers This Is Why You Remind Me. You know, I feel like I could trust her with that one more, though. Mm-hmm. I think she also does Bad Reputation uh, for the same I movie. I don't know. For, uh, by Joan Jett. Yeah. Uh, all right, yeah. I knew I should have put some more on for Mr. Eleven. I, I don't necessarily get a rich Texan vibe, though I know more of what happens to Mr. Eleven, which is... Like, here we pretty much see him fall for a trap immediately, and things are not going to get better for this guy. So do we want to table him for the biggest piece of meat for right now? I care very little about Rich Texan. Mm -hmm. I feel like his whole thing is just, like, being sleazy as well, and, like, just, you know... At how I know this character, at how it's presented, given the star rating, mm -hmm. I feel like I colored within the lines in this one. Rich Texan is also known for shooting his guns up into the air. We have seen no sign that Mr. Eleven has guns, Janine. Can we as a group think of another guest star to burn in this slot as opposed to Mr. Eleven? There's the trash commissioner that is played by Steve Martin in the same episode that Bono shows up, for example. Who is similarly... What about... Oh. George Bush. I feel like there's a better use for George Bush. I don't want to use George Bush well. Oh. We've hit How about Mr. Costington? The owner of Costington's department store. Who also, I believe, uh, first appeared in uh, Trash of the Titans. Yes, he did. Oh, wait. There's there's one of the dumb members of U2 who always wears a hat. The Edge? Yeah. I'm ashamed to know that. Janine, can we use The Edge? My God. That's, this is the weirdest <laughs> question that you've ever asked me in, in this podcast. Can we use The Edge? <laughs> 
you you broken me down just but on sheer whatever the fuck man i don't fine the edge will you be can... a shared point oh all right the edge everybody wins all right uh next we have dalton captain of the guard and oh uh, we are getting a special message in from Twitter, Janine and Chris. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Uh, at Meager Tweets suggested Bumblebee Man or Dalton. Uh, I do appreciate that, that um, participation. I do believe we have used Bumblebee Man, though. Uh, yeah, Bumblebee Man is our Panda Man. But, yes, appreciation for even non-viable suggestions. I also did have a, another suggestion that was uh, responded to my quote tweet of it, but not exactly the, the tweet itself proper. Oh, what else are we working with? McBain. Interesting, interesting. Uh, well, let's get into our full suggestions. Uh, Chris, who did you have for Dalton? I'm going to throw out the real Seymour Skinner. Uh, what is your thinking for real Seymour Skinner? He just seems like somebody who would be able to keep the town together and protected when evil, I'm going to eat everything Kirby wannabe comes back to destroy it. I I mean, I, I would point out that real Seymour Skinner gets run out of town on a rail because all the townspeople hate him. But that's only because they have Stockholm Syndrome with fake Seymour Skinner. And it's literally an episode meant to criticize those sorts of fans. Fair enough. Uh, Janine, who did you have for Dalton? I had... Wait, I might have to double check to see if we can be able to use him, but Werewolf Ned Flanders. Interesting. Uh... Uh, Werewolf Flanders was in Free House of Horror 10, which uh, would be viable. Nice. Nice. And did he have anyone else for Dalton? Yes. Mm -hmm. Regular human Ned Flanders. A other good pick. Because uh, very much that Dalton and Flanders both have a very similar... They are the lone arbiters of goodness, though... Oof, there's been some bad seasons of writing for Flanders. Uh, I had two suggestions as well. I had a strong daughter who is a He-Man parody. I also had Gordie Howe. Actual hockey player, 
who was used to catfish Edna Krabappel via a picture by one Bartholomew J. Simpson. And who Abby explained to me was a actual hockey player, because I didn't know much about hockey, and is a very good hockey player. <laughs> which fits with the bulky boy, nice person, because apparently he is a very nice person, similar haircuts, because you can't look at Dalton and say, oh, that guy does not look like he, that guy looks like he plays hockey. He's got a hockey player's haircut. So we have six suggestions here. I don't get the McBain energy, which I feel is a lot more aggro revenge fueled than Dalton. Like Dalton is willing to protect people above all else, which I can't see McBain necessarily doing. I want Werewolf Flanders. And I want him also for the pick for Dalton. I think that the transformation is uh, speaks very high. The affinity for green is there. Mm -hmm. uh, being a nice guy, but having a background of maybe having done a few things that might not be cool. Mm -hmm. But also having that inform the good person that you're trying to be. Uh, I'm good with Werewolf Flanders. Chris, are you fine with Werewolf Flanders? I think Werewolf Flanders is a wonderful pick. All right. And see, the good thing is, I think it's next Treehouse of Horror that we get to is going to be the Island of Dr. Hipper, which is going to make a bunch of these, like, animal people so much easier to pick. Uh, speaking of animal people, kind of, sort of, uh, next we have Negekuma Maria, which I believe her name is Not a Bear Maria who's just a woman who looks like a hiking bear, but is not actually a hiking bear. For her, I love her. Yeah, she's just a polite lady. Oh, we also didn't comment on Dalton's wonderful, hobbit, uh, wonderful habit of just adding in a pointless fun fact about everything whenever he talks. Which, if you didn't notice it before, keep an eye out for that. Oh. But uh, for Negekuma Maria, I had two suggestions. I had either Sarah Wiggum or that giant lady who's going to crush us all, the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Chris, how about you? This is the point where I realize that I am so far off on when things happened. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea when this claymation Ned Flanders happened. Oh, that would have been probably in the seasons that I have not watched. Did you have a claymation Flanders for Negikuma Maria? Yeah. A claymation Ned Flanders? Yeah, there is a claymation Ned Flanders. Huh. 
Yeah, no, that is not for a long, long time. Uh, yeah, that is... Oof, that is uh, season 21. Oh, I'm not even that far yet, then. In my watch. Wild. Uh, well, Janine, who do you have for Negekuma Maria? I have the Carmen Opera singer. Oh, the fat lady of the opera? Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Carmen Opera singer if you are. Sure. Let's just do that. Uh, next, we have the character who Jamie Lee Curtis has actively said she wants to play because she knows she is too old to play the main One Piece character she would like to play at this point. Uh, Dr. Kareha. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, a big fan of One Piece. I want her to be my mom. I'm sure she would be more than down with that. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I would be the first person to have ever have asked. Probably not. But you know, you miss 100% of the shots that you never take. Also, weirdly, Jamie Lee Curtis, as far as I remember, has not ever been on The Simpsons. Which is kind of wild. Uh, so, Janine, who did you have for Dr. Kareha? I had Homer's mom. Uh, Mona Simpson. Yes. Interesting. Anybody else? No. Chris, who did you have? I am thinking Judge Constance Harm. Oh. Oh, I like that one. Uh, let's see. She first appeared in the parent rap, which we can't use yet. No! Once more! Uh, yeah, she appears, like, in the first few episodes of the next season. So close. So close. Alright, I have three suggestions that are all very different. The kind of throwaway one, because I wasn't getting a lot of them that had, like, three suggestions, was uh, Grandma Van Houten. And it's like, yeah, that one's not really important. Uh, I then had Dr. Zweig, uh, Marju's psychiatrist from Fear of Flying, who is very no-nonsense, uh, correctly identifies that Homer is a detriment to his wife's life in many ways, and... Uh, also works to make sure that she gets paid. Uh, and then the other one I had is Belle from the Maison Derriere, who is one of the only old people in uh, Springfield who has agency beyond Mr. Burns and who actually does something good for the town. She puts the spring in Springfield. Also sexy old lady. Ooh. Because I feel like Dr. Zweig gets the good balance of 
Dr. Kreha will also absolutely beat the shit out of you if she feels like it. And does not suffer fools. Which is something that I feel like Mona Simpson would not attack you. Mona Simpson would not run after you with axes and knives and other things. And would not force you to stay in bed in a mean fashion. Hmm. I'm going to have to side with Luke on this one. Or Dr. Zweig? Yeah. All right, if that's the best one. All right, uh, we got Dr. Zweig on. Uh, after that, we have Tamachibi, the tiny child whose parents aren't important enough to have a name, who has an infection, and gets cured at the cost of half of his family's business. I had Wendell Borden, because Wendell's main thing is that he vomits and is sick. Or sickly. Janine, how about you? I had either the alias of the Parable Kid in Peril, Timmy O'Toole. Mm-hmm. Not a real person, but a roundabout, technically real character. And Tyler Gables, just a child that is fortunate enough to have a name inside of the background. Let's see which character this Tyler Gables was, because... Oh, he's got a hat. I wasn't terribly attached to Tamachibi. Yeah, he he is a plot device. Chris, who did you have? Yeah, he's totally just a throwaway plot device there. So Barfing Kid is probably about our best bet because anybody else I can think of I think is too important and should be safe for somebody better in One Piece. Uh, so I believe by Barfing Kid you mean Wendell? Yes. Alright, well it looks like Wendell has it. We then have what will be the hard one here. Uh, Tony Tony Chopper. I had three suggestions. Uh, Chopper is hard. Cause we are... I have one right now that I'm just going to get out of the way. Yeah, go ahead. It's my only one. Uh-huh. But it is one that, like, is either going to be a ha-ha yes or a ha-ha no. Hoochie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no! Hoochie <laughs> is a dog, Janine. Is that the only hang-up that you have? Do you think that Tony Tony Chopper rocks the telly? He's half Joe Camel and a third Fonzarelli. He's a kung fu skater from the, the city. He's a rockin' surfer. You're the fool I pity. Is is Tony Tony Chopper totally in your face? Wait. Do, do you, did you look that up, or did you just have that, My like, name memorized? is Future D, and I rock the telly. I'm half Joel Camel and a third Fonzarelli. I'm a kung fu gangster from something city. I'm a rapping surfer. 
No, I've got that mostly memorized, Janine. Wow. Okay. That that I think that puts our friendship in a new context, <laughs> a new cooler context, but still something I'm I'm gonna have to get used to. Uh, I grew up not only with a with at the end of it three Simpsons episodes got uh, three Simpsons episode guides a tour guide book of Springfield, and uh, I had the second Simpsons album. Which once more going back to Trash of the Titans, uh, they had the the Garbage Man can song, but they did not want to pay the members of U two, so they just did. They just had a bunch of people do the worst Irish accents for their single lines in that song. Wow. Yeah. That means I'm also familiar with the cut song from the Sherry Bobbins episode, We Love to Smoke. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. Chris, who do you have for Tony Tony Chopper? Oh, I see that that one completely just got rid of your desire to throw out your three. No, I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I will need to bring this home, so I'm getting your suggestion for Chopper. I don't even feel good throwing an idea out for Chopper. Because the second I told my friend about this, he said, oh, look, it's the Chopper arc. I love him. Oh, now, now you have to. You have wetted our beaks. You just I know. took our bird heads and put them into this tasty water and then pulled them out. Who you got for Chopper? I am going to say, have we put Mr. Teeny on yet? Uh, Mr. Teeny the monkey? Yes. No, Mr. Teeny has not appeared on the list yet. Cool, I'm going to roll with Mr. Teeny. All right. So I got three different suggestions, and this is also with the understanding that we have not gotten a full exposure to Chopper uh, with these episodes beyond uh, he can somehow transform, he can talk, and he has the human-human fruit, and also he knows doctor stuff. I had database or a report card or Thelonious. Thelonious being the character voiced by Frankie Munez. Uh, who Lisa briefly has the romance in in the uh, episode that also introduces Linguo. Man, I would have felt more confident if you chose Linguo. We'll get to the actual robots in a while, Janine. The actual robots in this pirate anime that before we have not seen any sign of robots. We are. All right. Um, I don't like any of your choices, Luke. I'm sorry. Because? Because... Um, I I think that having a nerdy child character 
uh, doesn't really make up for the fact that uh, this character's cool. Because? Because they can turn, like, really big into, like, a huge fucking, like, powerhouse. And they can do medicine. And they have a blue nose. So, I mean, I feel like the coolest one out of those three would definitely be Thelonious, but because of Chopper's importance, I would be good to table Chopper for an episode, so we get more of Chopper. I think we'll probably have to do that, because there's just... You need more. I mean, like, I, I saw the end of the, the freaking outline. I know what you're going to say about Chopper, and I'm like, I think I would need to know that to get, like, a better idea. There. Because, like, my my thing was Poochie, just because, like, I like Poochie and I like Tony. Mm-hmm. And I think they're both cool. All right, well, we will table Chopper. Uh, we then have Robson, the woolly hippo that uh, Waffle rides. Uh, I had three suggestions. I had uh, Hippo in the House, the Hippo from Simpsons Safari, or Deputy Hippo, which is a hippo that Chief Wiggum makes a deputy. Janine? Oh my god, I love the idea of Deputy Hippo. Um, I had Babe the Blue Ox, Mm -hmm. and I had uh, Bitey the Possum. And Chris, how about you? I am going to think either Nibbles or Pokey. Ooh, as in Nibbles chew through my ball sack? What? In Skinner's Sense of Snow, uh, Skinner gets trapped in the uh, bag for dodgeballs, and at the end, when all the kids are running out, he says, Now, Nibbles, chew through my ball sack. <laughs> uh, and then Pokey being Gumby's horse. No, Pokey being a different hamster. Ah, okay. I I like the idea of Deputy Hippo. I'm <laughs> I'm getting I love the idea of nibbles. There's a size difference, sure, but if there was a larger nibbles, it would be perfect. I think there's a scene with a giant hamster, but I can't fully remember that. Well, we have multiple hamsters in The Simpsons, so we don't have to worry about getting, like, not getting Nibbles on one. Yeah, you could have Nibbles' as wife. Exactly. Uh, so I'm, I, I feel like I'm hearing that y'all want to go with Team Nibbles. We're going with Nibbles on this one. You know what? I, I am fine acquiescing here. Uh, last, we have the Ishii 20. The 20 Doctors. Uh, Chris, do you have anyone for the Ishii 20? See, I think that they are causing more harm than good. And there's a group of them. So as a group, they should be the vicious monkeys. Uh, that Reverend Lovejoy has to fight? 
Yes, I believe so. Because those were baboons, I believe. No, no, no. This is the one in Blame It on Lisa, which is probably too late now that I'm looking at this. Yep, too late. However, you have baboons you could still use that are... Amazing how many times primates have gone off the chain here in The Simpsons. Uh, all right. Uh, Janine, what about you? I had um, a strange concept. It, it's, it's, it's based on a scene mm-hmm. where Lionel Hutz is facing... Mr. Burns inside of Burns' office. Mm-hmm. Burns reveals his legal team by pressing a button, having a door open to have like an entire large legal counsel ready to go, mm-hmm. sending Lionel Hutz screaming and running out of the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, uh, Burns' legal team is my suggestion. Are you ready for mine? That's going to say you did it, Luke. You found a thing that fully fits these things. I don't believe you, but sure. Janine, do you believe in me? I believe in possibility. The Springfield Files, the famous X-Men Spring, uh, X-Files Springfield crossover. We see that a team of doctors who regularly treat Mr. Burns, there are a large number of them, cause him to be doped up with very large eyes and glowing green because they are the team who keeps Mr. Burns alive, similar to the 20 Doctors. I submit the team of Burns Doctors from Springfield Files. Mmm. God damn it. Yeah! You win this one, Luke. <laughs> no, we all win. All right. Well, uh, to recap what we have for Yuki, we have Sophie Jensen for Akumai. We have Mr. Starbeam for Waffle. We have King Solomon Homer. For Chess, we have Lenny from Simpsons Bible Stories. For Pearl Marimo, we have Carl from Bible Stories. For Mr. Eleven, we have Edge. Uh, for Dalton, we have Werewolf Flanders. For Negikuma Maria, we have Carmen Opera Singer. For Dr. Correja, we have Dr. Zweig. For Tamachibi, we have Wendell Borden. For Tony Tony Chopper, we've tabled that for this week. Same with Mr. Tubon Quay. Uh, for Robson, we have Nibbles the Hamster. And for the Ishii 20, we have the team of Burns Doctors. Feels so good. All right. So that gets us wrapped up for this week. Uh, in two more weeks, uh, we're going to get Chopper's tragic backstory, uh, two different types of boar, and a mysterious hot man. So what more could you want from One Piece? Explanations, maybe. For what? Like all of it. How is hiking a better thing? Like, I I love that it is, Uh but, like, I don't understand just, like, 
And what is the consequence if you don't bow to it? Oh, he will attack you. He will attack you. That's just it. Yeah, if you're rude to Hiking Bear, he will attack you. Okay, wow. I feel like the questions about Hiking Bear were answered in my posts about Hiking Bear. It's wonderful to be able to say Hiking Bear. Uh, but yeah, uh, One Piece is going to get real loud next time. So we hope to see you in two weeks. Uh, Chris, where can people find you online? they want to find me the best place is over at playcomics.com where you can find episodes of luke and hopefully sometime in the future episodes with janine and we just talk about video games based on comics and what it means when you don't respect the bear and eventually i'll explain all of you Gio. that feels like a threat Janine, would you like me to explain all of Yu-Gi-Oh? I... You know what? Maybe not tonight. Okay. Uh, Janine, where can you be found online? You can find me online at Janine Juliet on Twitter. You can also find me on various uh, Luke Hare podcasts. That is very true. Uh, you can find me online on Twitter at Coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. Uh, you can also find my various projects at LukeHair.com, -E which I've got to update that. I've got new comic stuff going and uh, new projects that I should probably update about. No Man's Dawn is a podcast that updates uh, once every two weeks. Uh, typically, we get stuff up on Friday. But, uh, you know, cover art and other stuff uh, takes a takes time to do. Uh, find us at domancedawn.com. Please like, rate, and subscribe. You know, hit those buttons. And uh, I'm looking at potentially doing some edited video versions of the show. So uh, keep an eye out for that as well. Uh, that is all we have for this week. Thank you for joining us as we sail through this weird, weird show. Safe sailing to all of you. Mm -hmm.